Thank you so much. Brilliant. Love it. Uh, I have, if you have, uh, for those that are following along with our uh, devotionals on the WhatsApp group every morning, uh, you'll know, you'll known that I've shared something along the lines of the, the the importance of what we sing in this Christmas Advent season. There's something about the 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 hope and the expectation that the songs of Christmas stir among us and. Uh, and so I really valued it. I found myself really valuing the Christmas, um, Christmas carols and the, the lyrics of the Christmas songs that we sing. I think there's a, there's a risk, isn't there, in this season that we become so familiar with everything, we almost get into autopilot. We finish work for, a couple, for, the, for, for however long you get off. Actually, I shouldn't say that because poor Kirsty has to work Christmas Eve night shift. The nurses among us don't have that same freedom maybe that the rest of us do. But, but we become so familiar with the season, can't we? We just... We just flick a switch and go into autopilot. Well, this is the way it's always done. This is where we always go, and this is what we always give. And um, there's been something about trying. That's what I've. That's why I really wanted to do the 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 Advent thing together. That there'd be something that would just cause us to pause. There'd be something that would cause us just to snap out of the familiarity of the of the same norm. Uh, and so on that note, just thank you so much for those that have contributed each morning. Um, just just sharing your heart and sharing your thoughts with us in this season. I have found it incredibly valuable and incredibly enriching in um, my morning devotions in this in this Advent season. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a number of few minutes, five, six, seven minutes. If I go longer than that, inevitably people along the front row here will begin to shout me down. So that's good that my family are here. They'll. Um, Luke, cha- Luke chapter two is just where we want to think of some, think of some thoughts this morning, and then the guys are going to come back and finish off our time together with uh, three final carols. The nativity story or the incarnation, where as Daniel read for us, as the, as the girls read for us, is uh, what about giving another round of applause for everybody that's read for us? Went so good. Well done, Amelia and Carmel and. Sophia and Daniel, and Daniel got the Daniel got the joy of reading those verses. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The in the God became incarnate. He came and took on flesh and moved among us. The Nativity story, the incarnation, is a glimpse of the nature of the kingdom of God. And and, and why I love the why I love Luke's account. I've encouraged you to read through the account of Luke uh, over this Christmas season. I love it because it, I think. The whole gospel of Luke reveals how, the, how everything, how the coming of Jesus has turned everything on its head. I was really grateful that, that Grace and Amelia read that, that story sort of in the build-up to the coming of Jesus. Because for so long, humanity had continued to turn its back on God, continued to walk away from him. But God couldn't take it anymore because of that, what was it? Uh, find it in, that, in the Jesus storybook Bible, it never stopping never-ending, unceasing love of God caused him to come and, uh, and move among us. He could no longer take us walking away from him, so he came, took on flesh, dwelt among us in order that he would love and rescue humanity. And, uh, and I love that this whole, this whole season, the whole nativity incarnation story gives us a glimpse into the nature of the kingdom of God. There's things that we, there's things that we don't catch that first century readers would have been completely shocked by. 
For first century readers, this, the whole idea of what happened, that God becoming a man and dwelling among us would have, would have shocked them because the contrast would have been so stark. The contrast is the thing that would have shocked because the, the, people, the people were living under this brutal empire. They were living under this brutal dictator called King Herod. He was a horrible, horrible man. They were living under this oppression. They'd been living for years under this oppression. And, um, and so whenever they, they read that Israel's king, Caesar's, Caesar's competition, was Caesar sitting up in his palace in all his glory and all his royal splendor. His competition comes uh, and is born in a manger. His competition is born to an insignificant vulnerable girl in an insignificant place. We get an insight, I think, into the glimpse, we get a glimpse of the, the nature of the kingdom of God. And I know I said I'm going to just touch briefly in, in, in a few verses in, Mark, in Luke chapter 2, but I, I, I just love Mary's song. I think Mary's song in uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 46, uh, going right through to 55, is, is some of the most beautiful words in Scripture. Because I think here Mary has got an understanding. She's caught a glimpse of the nature of the kingdom of God when she says things like, you have been mindful of the humble state of your servant. She goes on to say in verse 51, he has scattered those who are proud. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Mary's song gives us a clue into the, the, this upside down nature of the kingdom of God. The status has been reversed. And uh, um, um, Matthew's account, like Matthew's account's great. Matthew's account gives us an insight into two years after Jesus has been born, the three magi, the three wise men come and visit Jesus. But it's the wealthy, it's the educated. And that's why I love Luke's account, because Luke tells us about the shepherds. Those that were on the very margins of society are the ones that, that uh, the angels came to visit. Luke is again showing us the, the status has been reversed. Everything that you thought you knew, everything that you were expecting has turned on its head. And Luke tells us about those living in the margins. And so let me just read a couple of verses. You couldn't have a carol service without reading while shepherds watched their flocks by night in fields nearby. And while the shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This would have been the, how first century people would have heard this. Those people that have been living in years, century after century, generation after generation, in poverty and oppression. Can you imagine what that would have been like for them? Those that were in the margins of society, those were, that were in the margins of respectable society, for an angel to come and say, I will bring you good news of great joy for everyone. And unto you, uh, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Again, these verse, this, this announcement was political dynamite because Caesar was Lord. Caesar was their savior. And here is one that will come, God comes in flesh into a manger, into a lowly place, to, a lowly, to lowly parents, revealed to lowly shepherds. Savior, 
and Lord, it's political dynamite in these days. And after years of oppression, years of, of poverty under the rule of cruel King Herod, Jesus, God in flesh, moves into the neighborhood. I, I get so frustrated that we become so familiar with this story because it is absolutely remarkable. Part of me would love to have first century ears to hear what this was like, that God was coming to bring in good news of great joy that would be for everyone. And a true Savior was going to come, a true Lord was going to come. And Nicola led us in that song, O Come, Emmanuel. And those are the song, that, that, that song in particular is one that has gripped me over this Advent season. O Come, Emmanuel, would you ransom captive Israel, those who have mourned in exile. Emmanuel has come. You are here, Emmanuel. You abide with us, Emmanuel. This would bring peace to all men. This would bring peace to men and women on earth. This was a remarkable thing for those that had been living in oppression and poverty to hear. Because this idea of peace was this, the well-being of every, the whole, the well-being, the shalom and so, so, so God was coming to bring peace to these people. So the thriving and well-being of the poor and the oppressed that had long been denied them. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to all men and women and boys and girls, everyone. Born in a lowly place to lowly parents, revealed and visited by lowly shepherds. We have a glimpse of the upside down nature of the kingdom. And if we, as we follow on the account of Luke, we'll see even as Jesus begins his ministry in the synagogue in Luke chapter 4, he tells us again, Luke, is, Luke really wants us to be reminded of his heart in sharing this story. When Jesus stands up and he reads from the scroll and said, the spirit of God is upon me to bring good news to the poor, to set the captives free, to set those that have been oppressed and in captive. It continues to be the theme that runs right throughout Luke's gospel, a thrill of hope. I, I'm not sure what the last three songs are, but I hope we're going to sing a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And that's what I wanted to share this morning in that, in that small thought in our devotional on the WhatsApp. Something about the songs of hope and expectation in these songs that uh, are incredibly meaningful. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And so finally, last thing, Christmas. I don't want to, I don't want to take this moment. There's there's kids in the room, and I don't want to be a bah humbug. I don't want to sound like Scrooge this morning. But Christmas is supposed to be a season that, was, it was from the very beginning, it was a season, it was a moment that would bring, uh, that would be good news to the poor. It was a moment that would bring freedom to those that have been oppressed and in captivity. It would be hope, it would bring peace and joy for those that have too long been on the margins. And I'm really challenged by that today. And without putting a damper on this, I don't want to, but I think we need to be challenged by, by Jesus and what he came to do. Because as I've engaged with people within our communities, engaged with people even among the congregation, this Christmas season is not, it, it seems to be the worst 
season for the poor. It seems to be the worst season for the oppressed and those that are in captivity. And I read statistics in our local food bank, in our local food bank here in, in, uh, in this Craigavon area, this County Armagh area, this went up 28% in the last year, the need for food banks. And the need for food banks today over this week coming up to Christmas is staggering. And we can choose to ignore it. And without putting a damper in your Christmas, I think it's, it's fair that we are aware of it because God, the, the Christmas season was supposed to bring good news to the poor. And I spoke to so many people that, have been, that, are, that, are, that are in debt. And it grieves me, actually grieves me. There's very few things that cause me to be angry than to see people that have put themselves in debt, that have, that have taken out money loans at 69.9% interest. And they get stuck in that. They get stuck in captivity. They get stuck in oppression because of the need to, to, to catch up with the Joneses. And so, honestly, I don't want to don't dwell too much, but I think it's fair to say it because it's supposed to be good news to the poor. It's supposed to be a season where, where, where Jesus takes on flesh, comes to set the captive free, comes to meet with the oppressed, comes to bring justice and righteousness and fairness. And so my final question as we come to sing these final three, three carols, the thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, I want to challenge us in this remaining part of Christmas, the remaining part of this Advent season. How can we, like Jesus, turn things upside down? What could we do? What could we do in the remaining part of this Christmas season that would be so that would be so against the grain? That would become so shocking because that's not the way that it's always been done. That's not what we were expecting. We weren't expecting you to do that. We weren't expecting this to be such new, good news for the poor and for the oppressed. And what is it that we can do? What small thing is it that we can do that we can change in our patterns? We can change in our Christmas rhythms that would reveal the upside down nature of the kingdom of God. I love this, the verses that the guys have read for us, the kids have read. Love, really grateful for what Amelia and Grace read for us. I love the songs that we've, that we've sang. And I just, my heart is that we would just uh, catch a glimpse of the heart of the Father and his reason for sending Jesus, that it would be good news to all. It would bring great joy. It would bring peace. It would bring the thriving and the well-being of everyone. And so, Father, I pray that you would encourage us. I pray that you would challenge us. Um, I pray that this would be a season where we are no longer just familiar with the same old story. Um, God, would you capture our heart for people on the margins of society. Thank you that the account of Luke shows us you go into the margins of society every time. You went to Mary on the margins. You went to the shepherds on the margins. You went the whole way through the gospels. You were there in the margins of society, offering dignity and value to those that had been denied it for so long. And so challenge us in the remaining part of this Christmas season how we too reveal this upside-down nature of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name.